Hey, this is your name, your name, your name. And uh, they say it ain't me. Have their man. Jets got themselves a great Robert Sala. Robert Sala. Talk about all gas, no break. The great one. We're not talking about effort on the field. We're talking about the process at which we do things. I'm not gonna lie to you. Hurry up! Hurry up! Hurry up! Keep your foot on the pedal. Base, 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 base. There's no way I'm not gonna have enthusiasm on the sideline. Hey, own this rep. Own this rep. The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're gonna win next Sunday. I'm part two with Chad Cascadden, where we talk about these offenses, quarterback, wide receiver, running back, offensive line, and the coaching staff. We talk Vinny Testaverde, Mark Sanchez, Aaron Rodgers, Keyshawn Johnson, Wayne Krabetz, Antonio Holmes, all the receiving cores from yesteryear, how all those guys stack up against the current roster. We asked Chad about Keyshawn Johnson's book, Throw Me the Damn Ball, how the locker room felt about that. That's a good conversation right there. And of course, we get into the coaching staffs, like I mentioned. That'll be a lot of fun. Part two of our interview with Chad Cascadden. New York Jets offense. This is the unit that I'm really excited about. Keith, go ahead and take it away. Wide receiver. Uh, wide receiver core. I wanted, there's a question I wanted to ask, Chad. I don't mind if you ask. If, I hope he doesn't mind if I ask this. Before 1998, um, Keyshawn wrote the book, Throw Me the Damn Ball, which yeah. was such a big deal here in New York. If you, you're in New York at the time, and that was like an uproar in the papers and everything. Some of the things he said about Quebec. I mean, that was a fan favorite guy. Took some shots at him. I know he took some shots at O'Donnell. Then um, I think the, the offensive coach, uh, Earnhardt, as well. Did that – what was it like – I know he's a mega star, so maybe it had no effect at all. But did you guys in the locker room, that affect anything at all when it comes to actually playing? Or is that just stuff fans think about that doesn't actually affect the team? No, it's you know, it's a fair question. On defense, we didn't give a fuck what those <laughs> fucking wide receivers do. Fuck them. Uh, you, guys, you guys figure out what you got to figure out on the offensive side of the goddamn locker because our locker room was split between offense and defense. And you know what? Whatever you fucking poo-poo, like wide receivers need to do, you need to write books and you need to talk to your therapist. You know, you do what you got to do. We got we got shit to do on defense. Okay? You go figure that out. But no, it, it, you know, on game day, they both rooted for each other. They, you know, there was a little bit of animosity, I think, initially. But look, uh, let's be honest. Keyshawn was not wrong about Neil O'Donnell and he, or Coach Earhart. Yeah. They both were awful. <laughs> At best. <laughs> On they a were. good day, Neil was okay. But yeah. let me tell you what. I've gone back, and years ago, I went back and looked at the 95 and 96 season, and I would watch Neil. And I'm just like, dude, I mean – Come on. And at the time they gave him like a like a, a league record five years, twenty five million bucks. He's coming off the ninety five Super Bowl year. And in ninety yeah. six he comes and the dude cannot hit an out route. It's like, no. dude, what up? Like, you're not even close. And so I get it. Because Keyshawn came from a program where it's like, dude, just throw me the ball. We're going to win. Yeah. I get open. That's, that's, I'm 6'3 and 4. I can go over the middle. I don't mind if I get hit. And so, you know, I didn't fully disagree with what he was saying. Gotcha. I just think the delivery of it was probably less than desirable. But in the end, was he wrong? 
No. No, not really. No. <laughs> and, 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 and just to be fair, Keyshawn had some of the best numbers that this franchise ever shown at that position. You yeah. know, throwing 1131 yards in, in that year and 10 touchdowns. I know we have Garrett Wilson who had 1103 with four touchdowns with a guy like yeah. Zach Wilson and Joe Flacco throwing him the ball. But yeah. I'm just going to say this. I would definitely say that the 98 receiving core looks to be the better unit of the three that we're looking at today. But I am going to say this. You can look at your screen and see that the receiving yards from last year, this is Alan Lazard, what he got last year from Roger. Miko yeah. Hardman, what he got, you yeah. know, for, on the Chiefs. You put that all together right there and put the – it's comparable, and that's without Aaron Rodgers throwing to Garrett Wilson and Corey yeah. Davis. So even though I'm going to say personally I, th- I will give it to the 98 team because of the touchdowns and everything like that, this wide receiver to me has the most potential. I'm not giving it to the 98 team. I'll tell you what. Here's why. You can have Kyle Brady, and I like Kyle Brady. But he was not a good pass-catching tight end. So as far as tight ends go, I'll take Conklin or I'll yeah. take Keller. Yeah, yeah. As far as a a slot receiver, I don't think you'll ever find a better one than Wayne Corbett. I think oh, he's yeah. the godfather of yes. the slot receiver. It was yes. first. It was first Steve Largent at Seattle. Then it was Wayne, and then it was um, uh, uh, Wex Welker. Yep. Uh, and yep. then it's Danny Amendola, and uh, and then it's uh, what's his name that just retired from the Patriots. Uh, 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 why can't I think? Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman. Yeah, I'll take Wayne Corbett. I'll take Garrett Wilson over Keyshot. Yeah. I think he's better. What? I think he's faster, <laughs> and I think he's more dynamic. Even though he's a little shorter, I think he's more dynamic than Keyshot. Keyshot was wow. la- was lanky. And a little, sometimes a little goofy because of that length. I think Garrett Wilson's a smoother runner. I'll tell you what, don't sleep on Diedrich Ward. That dude was fast. Oh, yeah. That dude gave Aaron Glenn problems. And Aaron Glenn, the only guy I ever saw outrun Aaron Glenn was Joey Galloway at Seattle. When he he ran past Aaron Glenn twice in the 98 season. But I'll give you Garrett Wilson. I'll wow. give you Corey Davis. And I'll give you Alan Lazard. I'll give you those guys. Santonio Holmes, he's good. I yeah. think I think Garrett's better. Braylon Edwards, he was good at the time. I'll still take Alan Lazard over him. Yeah. I always enjoyed Jericho Cotri. I always thought he was just he's he's just a solid dude. It's he solid, was always yeah. there. You know, Brad Smith was really more of kind of like a... A runner, a, yeah. He was a little bit more of a special teams, kind of more of a, a slash, you know, Cordell Stewart kind of guy. And you know, Dustin Keller, eh, I don't know. I like the new guy. Like, is Coughlin going to be the guy? I don't know. I actually think the kid from Long Island who uh, went to Ohio State that we drafted last year who had a foot injury... I think he's going to be pretty good this year. Yeah, Rucker. Yeah, yeah, I like him. Yeah, I like him. And you know, Rogers likes his tight ends. 
Okay. He will throw to his tight ends, which so it, you know. It sounds like you're 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 leaning towards this year's receiving yeah, court. Mo- I am. Keith, you agree with that? Well, yeah, I do think that if you're just talking receivers, um, it was a little top heavy in '98. Dedrick Ward, man, he was fast as hell. But I looked it up; there was 331 targets to wide receivers that year in '98, and 264 went to Keyshawn yeah. Wink. Yeah. So that's about 80 percent so chad knows i mean so Keyshawn wanted the ball thrown to him he had 150 targets that year so the jets yeah. fulfilled that for him you know and then and then yeah. like you know the jets offense in 98 they threw the ball to the running back way more various different running backs i think way more than either of these two teams do so the running i think the passing we're the, attack we're, we're the running back yeah yeah so the, the the passing attack in 98 parcells loves play action he loved we threw the ball that's back when we had two fullbacks that's a whole different yeah. you know, yes yeah, well, yeah, we also had we had gerald so well Right, yep. We yep. Had Gerald Solwell, and we had uh, uh, we had Dave Maggot, right? Leon and Johnson too. We have, and then we had who was uh, Leon uh, Johnson? We had Leon Johnson, yep. and you know what? We also did a lot more too in '98. We ran a lot of screens. We ran a lot of screens yep. because people were jumping. Uh, they were jumping on our play action, so they were play action screens all over. Curtis here. Right. Gerald there, Leon Johnson here. Like, it was crazy how many screens there was yeah. because we had a really good mobile offensive line. These guys were good. They could get yeah. out in front of guys. So you saw a lot, like you say, a lot of check downs to the backs. Yep. All day. All day. Mike, what, what, well, where do you want to go next? Running backs? Well, I'll tell yeah, we're running backs. I got it up right here. I mean, I will say this, Jeez. and we're, we're going to talk offensive line in a, in a few and that really leads into you know where the value was in the 2010 team i will be honest with you i think that the 2010 running backs as a group with that off with the run blocking that the offensive line provided for the 2010 team that's why they were so good they controlled yeah. the all yep. the time the Damian tomlinson sean green joe mcnasty joe mcknight i mean yeah. <laughs> These Brad guys, Smith. I mean, and Brad Smith at- that year, Brad Smith had 300 yards rushing. Chad mentioned this a moment ago. Yeah, he, he he was third in the team in rushing. So yeah. That was a strange rushing attack we had that year, Mike. Didn't mean yeah. to interrupt you. I'm sorry. Yeah. No. So, um, and then, but this year's running back core, look, Brees Hall got hurt, but he had ice showing four touchdowns. He had four rushing touchdowns. He had a receiving touchdown too. He had five touchdowns and limited amount of starts. I know he's not going to get off at, right away because of the injury and everything like that, but you know, looking at this running back core, if healthy, and, and bringing in Abadakanda, the the rookie, you know, I really like where this team is going. Where you, where we're going to use the running game as the linchpin, as the foundation of this offense, and then yep. run play action with Aaron Rodgers. I think that's yep. the philosophy. And you know, looking at, the, I, I, obviously, Curtis Martin is better than anybody on this page. Yeah, of course. Of course, we all know that. Yeah, all <laughs> but same. but the, but taking the group as a whole, you know, right now I'm ranking the 2010 team as a whole, and then I'll probably lean 98 be- just because of Curtis Martin. But I think the 23 uh, running back core could be very special this year. I think I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to agree with you as much as I love Curtis, and you know, he was a dear teammate of mine, and he's just tough. I mean, he he is just. He is so tough. I think the reason the 210 team was so good is the O-line and the running backs did a really good job of controlling the line of scrimmage, which allowed 
it allowed the quarterback to just not lose the game. So when you watch Sanchez during that season, everybody is so surprised about it because it's like he didn't really do anything spectacular. He just, if you look at the games that he played where he won, most of the time he was 16 of 25 for 190 yards, maybe a touchdown or two, and hopefully no interceptions. Yep. That was Mark Sanchez. That was when it worked because you had such a good O-line. Hopefully the running backs run for 100 yards. You kill time, limit mistakes, keep time of possession, you know, not as many penalties, and the defense does what it's supposed to do. And that's how you win. That was the makeup of that team. Our 98 team was similar. But I think our quarterback, Vinny Testaverde, was a little more dynamic as far as arm talent goes. Well, I'll tell you a story. We were in practice one time about midway through the season. Keyshawn ran a skinny post against our number one defense, and Vinny threw it on the button. And I got to tell you, all the coaches and even the guys on defense watched it all happen, and it was like, oh, my God. God, (laughs) there are just some things that you cannot teach. And that was just one of those things. It's like, that's God given right there. You can't teach that. And I'm not so sure Mark Sanchez had that capability, but they built such a great offense around him that he didn't have to be spectacular in order to win. The offensive line did that. And with Tomlinson and Green and McKnight coming in, I agree. I think that's the better core offense than than the 98. Now, the 2023, we'll see with this O-line. That's the limit. I know. know, You've got to get this O-line right because if it's not right, nothing else works. Can I ask you a question too, Chad? Yeah, please do. You had, um, did you, if my research is correct, you tore your ACL your senior year of high school. Is that correct? That's why and I the didn't next get a year, to go to college. Exactly. And I, this is when I was reading today. And you still, a year later, unless my timeline's incorrect, you still walked on at Wisconsin a year later. So you were healthy enough to play. So you have firsthand kind of experience. Because when you, you see all these stats they put out, Chad, about yeah. running players in general, but running back specifically because of the lateral movement, how the first year back after that injury, they're not as good. But in the future, they tend to be okay. Saquon Barkley, the most recent example. So is that another concern for Jet fans? Is his Obviously, it's a concern. But do you think he's young enough that he can come back yeah. and be as dynamic as he was? And another question would be, do you think yep. the way the group is currently constituted, because the Davian, uh, Zonovan Knight, and Michael Carter, they're okay players, but they ranked towards the bottom in yards per carry last year. Do you think they might add another veteran before the year starts? No, I don't think they'll need to because if they get the O-line right, it won't matter. Okay. And, you know, regarding the ACL injuries, now, I, I mean, I tore my ACL in 1990, which is longer than I cared to admit ago. <laughs> and things are, you know, things are a lot different now than they were then as far as treatment, as far as getting back up to speed. And really, for me, it was not physical. It was more mental. Um, You know, depending upon that knee, without the knee brace and running with it, it does take some time to get up and running. However, he tore it early in the season enough where he had time to let, let the swelling calm down, go get the surgery, come out of surgery, start working 
the knee, and now he's into this year. So he's had, call it nine months already, yeah. of therapy. It usually takes about a year or so to get back to a hundred percent. However, he might be, he might be one of those guys that it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm good to go. Yeah, I've been training. I'm healed. It's a hundred percent. There's no cartilage damage. The uh, uh, the graft has completely healed, and I'm good. So, but th- it's still going to come down to the O line. It's mm. still going it, to come it, down it, it, it to the really scheme. Yeah. And if if they can get the O line set up correctly and get the scheme set correctly, that gives the running backs a chance, you know, because then now the running backs need to feel how the old line blocks yeah. against a four three, a three four on a blitz, yeah. on his on a man blitz, on his own blitz. You know, it, that feeling needs to occur. And you know, until there's live bullets, you won't know. But I like what they've built so far. I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt you're gonna see maybe a, a little bit of movement in the old line. I wouldn't doubt that you'll see McGovern not be there okay. and Brown not being there. I still think, and I'm still high on Beckton. I know a lot of people are not. I'm well, we, high you, on Beckton. You're going right into really what this is all about. It's funny. I told, I spoke to Keith a couple months ago, and I said, you know, Mackay Beckton is going to be a key to how successful the Jets are going to be this season. If he can be what he was drafted to be, I mean, this team could go all the way. It, it really could. Um, we're going to see. But when you look at, let's just start off with the team total, not not the starters, projected starters, but the team totals. Last year, yeah. the Jets allowed 42 sacks. This offensive line, 42 sacks with all the, the turmoil that was going on with the injuries and everything like that. In 2010, the 2010 offensive line, 28 sacks. And your 1998 team, 24 Yeah. Sacks team allowed okay yeah. you know i look at that uh team from 98 you had a pro bowler in kevin Y, jumbo elliott todd berger like we talked about matt o'dwyer jason babini that was a fantastic fantastic offensive line yeah it did so much for curtis martin did so much for vinnie testaverde and had a lot to do with the success that your team had the new york jets had in 1998 you look at the 2010 team again why was that running back team so solid? The the running back uh, uh, blocking that that offensive line did. Nick Mangold, Pro Bowler. Uh, yep. DeBrickenshaw Ferguson, yep. Pro Bowler. Look at that PFF grade, 80. Yep. Yeah. These, these, these are solid. So to your point, I completely agree with you. This I, year. I, I, yeah. I actually think that the 2010 old line might be a smidge better. Wow. Than the 98 team only because I think with Nick Mangold and Kevin Mawai, I'm going to give a slight edge to Mawai, but I yeah. think Nick is right there when it comes to Jumbo Elliott to Brickashaw Ferguson. I'm going to call it a wash. I think one of the underrated guys on that is Brandon Moore. That guy was there 10 years. Yep. Yeah. And yes, I know he's responsible for the butt fumble and all that. But that's not his fault. No, I wasn't. He, his fault. Did, he was such a quiet. Look, look at the pressures. Guy look at guard. the pressure. Damian Woody, who yeah. did great. That O line was quietly 
a the that's probably the linchpin of that team absolutely that old line yeah they're the reason and you mentioned it before i always felt his first two years the jets kind of won in spite of sanchez they had to play down to his skill level and you kind of alluded to that and there's four of the five guys on that old line 2010 had been in a pro bowl brandon moore had been in a pro bowl damian woody as well um those lines those lines were tremendous but i think this year there's a lot of questions abt is not a question mark um so far as how good he's going to play but i think lake and tomlinson last year had a disappointing year i think he's going to be much better this next season i think last year was an aberration i think he's a good guard but i want to ask you about becton because i know you're still high on him and a lot of jet fans aren't but i think it has more to do with not just the injuries just kind of maybe how he's dealt with it and most recently saying that it's the jets fault that i got injured last year you put me at right tackle no one cared when i was injured and stuff like that it's not i know they didn't pick up his option so maybe he's mad about that um when you heard those comments and he kind of threw salah and the coaching staff under the bus and the organization he said didn't care um what did you think of that when you heard that from makai because it seemed like we're on the right track with him and then he said that and everyone's like what the heck man no he's a, he's a big giant fucking baby is what he is okay <laughs> Because he was because he was three hundred and you know thousand he was three hundred four thousand pounds coming into camp. It's like, dude, you can't be that big. So he's complaining, he's whining, he's crying. It's like, dude, you're a top pick in the NFL. You're the biggest guy out there, and you come in at three eighty five, three ninety. That's unheard of. That's yeah. ridiculous. Yep. There's no way you're gonna make it through the season. And what happened? You hurt your knee. What a fucking shock. So. What is he going to do? He's going to come in this year. He looks slim. He looks trim. He he probably looked in the mirror. He may have had a couple of people in his life go, hey, look, this can go one or two ways. You can continue to do what you're doing, and you're going to get run out of the league in the next year or two. Or stop feeling sorry for yourself. Lose like 60 pounds. Come in at a good 320, 330, and get back after it. And start mauling people. Yeah. And stop complaining. Oh, I'm left tackle. I'm right tackle. You know what you are? You're an old line. Yeah. It doesn't matter where they put you. Go out there and just play your ass off. And it won't matter. Stop worrying about the money. The money will take care of itself. If you play as capable as you are, right, left, middle, whatever, it doesn't matter. You're going to be a dominant old lineman. And so that's what I say. Right tackle, left tackle. It doesn't matter. Can, is he probably more of a, a right tackle? I don't know. Yeah. Is he more of a left tackle? I don't know. But what will help, which didn't help the O-line last year, is you're not going to have a quarterback back there running around all over the place trying to, like, come up with plays. You're going to have yeah. a guy who's going to yep. get rid of the ball. He's going to yeah. he's going to run this offense the way it's supposed to be run and that mm-hmm. helps the O-line. And, that's and so uh, that's where I think I think Backton's going to be protected by that. Meaning the structure of the offense is going to protect a guy like this from being out on an island. He's not going to be on an island because even if he gets beat Aaron's going to get rid of the ball anyways. Yeah. And so it's going to protect these guys and they're going to learn about Aaron and they're going to learn about if they just form the pocket, he'll stand in the pocket. He's not going to be like Zach running around left, right, where the old line's like, where do I go? Who do I block? True. Yeah. So I think that continuity at quarterback is going to help everybody. That's a great segue into the final position, quarterback. 
Oh, goodness. I don't know how I do that. How do I do this? <laughs> you just naturally do it. It's perfect, man. You're, that's why That's why you're a pro with this. Um, I think people, and this is going to sound nuts, man, but you played with Vinny, so you know, and you just mentioned the throw he made in practice. I think people, unless you watched him play that year, and I think that was Vinny's 11th or 12th year in the league, and he played a little while after that, too. When it comes to just throwing the ball, and my dad would tell me this before I really knew enough about football to know what he meant. Um, about how, watch this guy throw, he, like he just, boom, flicks it and the ball goes 60 yards with Vinny. Um, and we're just talking 98, and we're talking Aaron Rodgers 20 years into his career. I mean, Vinny's comparable, you know, at least statistically, I thought that year. He only played 13 games. He had 29 touchdowns, which was the Jets' record until Fitzpatrick broke it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, Vinny was Vinny was great that year. Aaron Rodgers, we're going to give Aaron Rodgers the nod, I think. he's Aaron Aaron's, Rodgers, Aaron's, like, the, Aaron's the better quarterback. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, no debate. No debate. I'm not even. No, he gave me mid words, man. He's I love, like, I love Vinny. I love, I love yeah. Vinny Vinci. I love Vinny. He's he was my teammate, and he did. He had a cannon for an arm, and he would make incredible throws. But Amazing. he's he's not Aaron Rodgers. Aaron no. Rodgers is so smooth. He's got pocket presence. He's got escapability. Yep. He's got a he's got a gun when he needs it, but he's also got incredible touch. He's yeah. got incredible feel, and he's got that sixth sense around him that he feels things that I think are just slightly elevated beyond Vinny. And yeah. so I, I'm with you. I'm going to give Aaron Rodgers the nod on this one. And unfortunately, Mark Sanchez, I thought you were a good quarterback, but I thought if you didn't play within yourself, the team's not going to depend upon you to win the game. Yeah. They needed that old line that we talked about in order to yeah. win the games. And Vinny, yeah. that year in 98 for Vinny, that's by far the best year of his career, best yeah. quarterback rating. Everything fell into place. And that's, my example would be his one year is every year for Aaron Rodgers. Just that one year in time, he was great. And he was always good. But every year, Aaron Rodgers is consistently, uh, he plays and, like that pretty consistent. And, and, and Mark Sanchez did the best. But once his third year came, they kind of asked him to do a little more. And he had a lot more passing attempts. I think that's kind of when things went south for for Sanchez with the Jets in uh, 2011. Yeah, I I agree with that. I I just don't think that you could depend upon Sanchez to lead your team and say, hey, we're going to go out there and we're going to throw the ball, you know, 45, 50 times. And Mark Sanchez is going to be the guy. I just it's he's just I don't think on a consistent basis that he could do that. I'm not suggesting he couldn't do it maybe on a one off game where he absolutely needed to do it. I just don't think he has that. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron can do that. And what's interesting about Aaron is he's got such terrific stats. And in reality, has he has he had the, let's say, the offensive firepower that you would normally think he has? I would say no. Mm-hmm. I would say he's done kind of like what Tom Brady's done. He's done more with less than anybody else in history. He yeah. takes these guys that, you know, look – Go look at Green Bay this next year. Let's watch and see what Love does. I don't no. think I don't think the Packers are going to have as much success as they think they're going to have. Mm-hmm. I just don't. Because look, Aaron always asked for more weapons on offense, and they just they wouldn't draft. They would draft defense. I know they showed a stat where it was fifteen, no, no, fourteen drafts in a row where they didn't take a receiver in the first round. Which maybe, Chad, that happens because they go, well, he's so good, we don't need to. But why don't yeah. you pair that guy up with elite talent and yeah. see where it takes you? I, I agree with you. And an, another point you made earlier I want to get to is when you were talking about the offense, the Jets might run and running the ball more than people think. People yeah. got to look at what Aaron Rodgers, been. he's been doing that for about four years in a row. 
with Aaron Jones and then they drafted AJ yes. Dillon. And, and even when Nathaniel Hackett was there, they ran the ball. They had the most balanced offense in the league. And, that, yes. and that's, that seems to be, I think, and you said it, man, you hit the nail on the head. I think that's going to be what the offense looks like. Obviously, Hackett's here, so it'll look similar. But I think next year they're going to be running the ball a lot more than people think. He's not going to throw 4,500 yards, I don't think, and 35 touchdowns. I think it's going to be a much more balanced offense. I don't I don't want him to be the guy standing back there throwing the ball 35, 40 times a game. I don't want that. I want this to be a balanced offense with the ball being thrown to the number one and two receiver and also the tight end up the middle on play action pass. And I want to see that ball run 20, 25 times a game. I want to see that because if you're going to typically run, look, if you've got 30 minutes, 32 minutes of time of possession on any given game, right? You're going to run probably around on offense 60 plays, okay? Anywhere between 50 and 60 plays. I want 25 runs. I want 25 passes. And then maybe a little bit more or less. But right around that area, if you're going to have 50 plays, I want to see 50-50. Because when you got that, look, there's nothing more devastating to a defense than when you have an offense that can run the ball down your throat, run the ball down your throat, run the ball down your throat, and then fake run the ball down your throat and dump it off, yep. you know, to the yep. to the receiver. Yep. It's demoralizing, and it also it helps the O line because run blocking is easier than pass blocking. Yeah, it just is. Yeah, and yeah. so you save your offensive line, you get into a rhythm, you're pounding the defense, the running backs start to get a froth. They start getting the rhythm of the game, and that's how you get into rhythms, and that's how you get into these five, six, eight, ten-play drives that just eat clock. And look, we're in the Northeast. We got to play New England. We got to play Buffalo. We got to go up there during adverse weather. I don't want Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball 45 times in adverse weather. I want these guys to be able to pound the ball, ball possession, ball control, low penalties, and just, you know, just win games different ways. There are going to be games where Aaron's going to have to throw it 45 times. Yeah. Yeah. But they need to be able to do it all. They need to be able to run the ball and pass the ball. Well, and I know that's why I think I think people are going to be very surprised how much the Jets are going to run the ball, even well, though they have Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, well, I, I, I agree with you. And, and again, you know, looking at this team, the identity, the value is Aaron Rodgers. That's the... 2023, that's the story that everybody's talking about. In 2010, the story, the value was that running offensive line, what they did in controlling the offense. But in the 98 season, I would honestly say that the greatest value that that team had was its coaching staff. So oh, yeah. If we, are, if we are measuring coaching staffs of the 98, the 2010, and this year, I don't think. I mean, Keith Mike, went into it. I don't Mike, think it's close. But it's, it's not close. even. It's not really worth talking about. I'm, I'm not, not trying to. About. <laughs> I don't want to disparage. Well, the thing is, too, and Chad knows this. We have the the benefit of already knowing how some of these careers have gone. Charlie Weiss went on to coach ND and be win three rings with Belichick. Um, who else is there? Romeo Cornelis coached three different teams. Uh, Todd Haley was a head coach. Mangini's a head coach. Al Groh coached the Jets, um, obviously, the year after Parcells left and went 9-7. He's been coaching since then in the college ranks. So that staff, everybody on the whole – and obviously, Bill Belichick. I mean, he, he did okay. So, I mean, that staff – By the way, Aaron Glenn, speaking of Aaron Glenn – He's Aaron now a coach, right? He's a coordinator at Detroit. 
Yep. Vance Joseph in 1995 was my roommate. Vance Joseph was the head coach at the Broncos. He's now the defensive coordinator. Oh, uh, at, I think at the that. Broncos again. They're, like, there's a lot of there's a lot of coaches uh, that are coming from the players' uh, point of view. Uh, but yes, I would say you're correct. I think it's probably an unfair comparison to compare the <laughs> yeah. coaching staff. It is. And, yeah. and quite honestly, I, I, it's probably not even worth the conversation. It's not. It's not. It's not. We won't even do it. Not, I hope. Sal, I hope Sal is going to be great. I mean, we'll, oh, I, we're going to see. I, I think I think he I think we've I think he's the right guy at the right time in the right place and and we'll see we'll see yeah you know but he's got a long career he's got a long way to go it's just an unfair comparison that's all yeah. I'm gonna say yeah all right the only coaching question I'll ask you then we'll just skip this one because I agree with you 100 is you got when you were undrafted and then you Rich Kotite I believe was the the your first coach in the NFL correct. <laughs> Still trying to forget that. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess my question would just be this. Rich Kotite in New York, too, as you know, because, I I mean, you're out here now. It doesn't have that best reputation. I think you guys won four games over those two years, and then Parcells comes in, and you're 9-7 and the first year. Is it – I mean, you actually were in the locker room with these guys, and to me, Parcells is the greatest coach the Jets have ever had, maybe besides Weeb Eubank. Was there a difference immediately? Like, why was he – why did he come in? I know there was some turnover in the roster, don't get me wrong, but there's a lot of the same guys from 96, and you guys played so much better in 97, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, we had a lot of guys in that 95 and 96 locker room that were there just for a paycheck. Mm-hmm. And they just, you know, when it came down, look, there were in 95, I think we had in 96, I think we had six games where we were leading going into the fourth quarter. And we just couldn't, for some reason, we just couldn't get over the hump. We couldn't get past, you know, uh, giving up some touchdowns. The offense just absolutely, I'm sorry to say, the, the offense was absolutely horrendous. They were terrible. The defense, we were out there for 50, 60, 70 plays on, uh, in some games. It was so ridiculous. And we just didn't have, we didn't have the coaching leadership. You know, Kotite was probably last in and first out. He just yeah. wasn't one of those guys. Wow. He was, he wanted to have the locker room guys take care of the locker room. And I just didn't think it worked out. So when Parcells came in, it was a complete flip-flop. He came in, he, he, he ran things like an iron fist. And he was like, look, it's my way or the highway. Yeah. I don't care if you're drafted <laughs> or if you're a rookie free agent. If you're good, I play you. And he did. And which I really appreciate it because it allowed me the chance to continue to play for the Jets and get on the field and prove that I belong to be on that team. And, you know, I, I enjoyed playing for Coach because he was very similar to Barry Alvarez at Wisconsin who kind of did the same thing at Wisconsin. Came in, he just worked us to death. We had 30 scholarship guys leave the team. He refilled the roster. And within three years, we went to the Rose Bowl and we won the Rose Bowl. So it was kind of along those same lines. It was establish a culture of accountability. We're going to play smash mouth, lunch pail kind of football. And the guys that are going to that, that play mistake free football are going to play. And that's what Parcells did. And he brought a coaching staff that believed <sighs> in that. And that and they brought that talent in. And that's... and now with and now with Douglas, I'm hoping that He's mirror. He's marrying the talent that the Jets are going to need, along with the coaching staff that's going to provide the discipline 
Because mm. if you look back at our defense on 98, we we did a lot of things good, but at the end of the day, we we're number two in points allowed. Yeah, bottom line. Most important. We didn't let people score, and we yeah. were probably the least penalized team. Yeah. I don't know if we were, but I bet we were. Yeah. And that's so, that's that's how you win. So Chad, don't let them score. Don't do penalties. So Chad, let me ask you something. We just went through all the different units, looked at the talent. You know, you saw numbers from the Jets from last year, players that played, and that was with Joe Flacco and Zach Wilson leading that offense. Yeah. Given that 98 team was top 10 in offense, top 10 in defense, you know, had the Hall of Fame coaching staff, the, the 2010 team that had the amazing offensive line, Rex Ryan. Yeah. You know, how now would you sit back and rank these three units, you know, prospectively? And, and do you think that this 2023 team can do something very special this season? I'll take... I'll take the I'll take the 98 defense. I still think that was the best defense mm-hmm. that the Jets have had in a long time. I just I, I feel really strongly about that. We were very dynamic. We could play both three four and four three. We yeah. could play covers. We could blitz. We could we could play against the run. We could play against you know the greatest show on turf. You name it. We could we could defend it. Um, on offense, I would probably look at the 2010 running game overall with all the yeah. running backs yeah. and sure. say, I would probably take that um, even with Sanchez. And as much as I love Vinny and I love the boys, I'd probably take that one. If you mirrored that running game up with our defense in 98, I think that's unstoppable. <laughs> and then for, for the 23 team, I just think Aaron Rodgers is going to provide that calmness on offense of, hey, let's not panic. Let's run the offense. Let's block. You know, and, and if you have to even simplify it in order to get everybody on the same page, that's what's going to happen. I don't think they're going to have to simplify it. I think it's going to be dynamic. But they're going to have to show that if they can't run the ball, that they can pass the ball. And if they can't pass the ball, they can run the ball. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it has to be dynamic. And that, again, going back to, look, I, I like Belichick was my coordinator for three years. We would switch the defense at halftime. We would switch the defense on the fly. We'd be yeah. on the sidelines with a grease board changing the defense. Wow. We, we would be flip-flopping things. We would go against Peyton Manning in, in Indianapolis uh, on, on one game. And we would run a completely different offense, a defense than we would in the next half. And then the same thing in the second game. We're yeah. always moving stuff around. So if the Jets are going to go deep on offense, they need to learn to be dynamic. But I think it's based on O-line. The yes, O-line sir. has yes, got sir. to be dynamic. you got to be able to do both. And I think Aaron will help that because he's, he's calm. He's not going to yeah. panic. And he's going to be able to help guys and say, hey, this is how I like it. This is what you need to do. And yep. here you're a little too quick here. And here you're a little too slow here. And I think not having, you know, having Zach Wilson back there without an O-line that to protect him, it's not Zach Wilson's fault either. I'm yeah. not down on Zach Wilson either. I actually think him sitting behind Aaron Rodgers is going to be the greatest thing for his career. 
that's one of the cool questions we had, and we don't, we don't want to keep you much longer. So I just want to ask you one more thing with Zach. Do you think there's a possibility in the future for him? Like, don't yeah. write him off. There's a chance he could be a starter again. That's what no. you think? Yeah, I think he's fine. Okay. I, I, okay. Think he, I, I think last year, uh, I think he was just trying to do too much, okay. and it was just it was overwhelming for him. Um, yeah. Now, mind you, he, did, he wasn't a three-year starter in college. So, you know, here True. we go again. And he's drafted young. a quarterback with one year of experience at starting, mm-hmm. whereas Parcells was always about, hey, I want a three-year starter in college because yeah. those guys are – they're ready to go. So, I, I think – look, look at Geno Smith. It took him 10 years, right? Yeah. yeah. But he sat, he learned, he watched, and when he got his opportunity, he makes plays. I think Zach Wilson's got that opportunity. You know, I think he's Good got point. the ability to sit there and absorb and watch. And look, the NFL is the NFL. You got to have a second string quarterback. And so if you're going to have one, have a kid that's kind of like Aaron Rodgers so that if he does yeah. have to go out there, they don't miss much of a beat. Kind of same, similar physical style. You know, you know, he's got a pretty lively arm. He's pretty active on his feet. I think yeah. it's a great opportunity for him. And if I were him and I were his dad, I would say to him, dude, you got the fucking opportunity of a lifetime to sit behind a Hall of Fame quarterback and watch how it works. That's right. He hasn't had that. I mean, all, all respect to Joe Flacco, but Joe Flacco is not Aaron Rodgers. And so yeah. it's going to be really interesting to see how he responds to have uh, – Aaron Rodgers in front of him. I think it's a great learning experience. I'm I'm super happy for him, and I'm bullish on him. I, you can see the talent. He's got it. He it's was talented. just shell-shocked. He didn't know where he was getting hit from because the yeah. line was just in disarray because they were hurt. They weren't on the same page. I mean, tons of moving parts. If you look back at the 98 team or even the 2010 team, I don't think any of those guys got hurt. Yeah. I think all five guys played the entire season. Yeah, well, this has been – Chad, we can't – we did not expect to talk to you this long, so I really appreciate you giving us your time. That well, is so my, nice to you. my car didn't either because my lights have shut off. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that is so – it is so nice to you. We've had a, a lot of different guests on you probably. I'm going to say my – probably the best guest we've ever had. Well, yeah. um, this was a blast. And being able to go back through 98 with someone that actually lived it and was there – and can give some of these little young heads um, a first-hand account is tremendous. We can only hope the team this year does as good as your team did, does as good as the team did in 2010. Um, you were absolutely awesome. Is there anything, you know, as the custom in 2023 goes, anything here you want to plug, any of your social media or business ventures, anytime you're going to be popping up on SNY, you want people to look out for you? Well, I'm not, I'm not as far as I know, I'm not on SNY this year. Look, I've got my, my handle on Instagram is at Chad Cascadden. Most of the stuff that I post is my boys playing lacrosse. I don't really post <laughs> any other things. You know, my life isn't terribly interesting. I post a lot for my boys and I support my boys. And then, you know, uh, I'm on Twitter, same handle at Chad Cascadden. I'm not as active on my social media as maybe I should be, but I'm a little bit more of a conservative and, you know, I try not to let my mouth get too far out ahead of me. You know, I don't want to have to defend myself on Instagram and Twitter for viewpoints that I may have that I share with people like you. 
Yeah. You know, I just don't have that bandwidth in me. So, Chad, um, we are on, we're in the same, Michael tell you, we are on the same wavelength. Every single thing that has to do with social media, he does for us. So, Michael, thank you so much. Because it's tough sometimes. I love talking. I love, if we were at a game drinking a beer, I'll talk sports all day with someone. But it is yeah. tough sometimes in that medium because yeah. you say something, it gets misconstrued, and then you have to correct yourself when you're like, no, that's not what I meant. And that could be, that could be, uh, that could be frustrating. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. but I th- that's what's nice about sort of the long form podcast is you can put it within its context yeah. and hopefully it doesn't get misconstrued unless somebody just takes a little splice of it and puts it out there, which is why I tend to have run on sentences, even though my English teacher would be upset at me um, <laughs> trying to explain what it is that I'm trying to think. But hey, guys, it's been a real pleasure. I really appreciate you reaching out to me. I'm glad that I was able to do this and I had a really you know what? I had a great time reminiscing and talking about it and i'm really excited for jets fans because i do think for the first time in probably a couple of years you're gonna see a team that goes out there and actually has nfl level talent through and through the roster and now you got a Mm -hmm. chance to at least compete and win games and in this league that's what you want to see and that's what you want your fan base and i'm a huge huge proponent of jets fans I think some of the best fans in the country. I mean, there's a lot of great fan bases out there. But let me tell you what. That 98 season, when we were going out to Denver, the city was electric. The newspaper writers, the TV stations, the fans, everybody. This is before social media. People were showing up at our complex out at Hofstra. I mean, it was insanity. And even so, in Denver, that was, was I was incredible. there. Aaron I was Rogers, there. Aaron, I was there. Go ahead, go ahead Mike. No, I was going to say, Aaron Rodgers has no idea what. No, and I'm from Wisconsin. Yeah. I'm from Wisconsin. I was a Packer backer. I grew up a Packer fan. And look, Packer fans, some of the nicest, Best. most pleasant, loyal people. If you want to go to an away game, that's where you go. Because they'll feed you, they'll clothe you, and they'll hug you after you lose. Yep. And <laughs> let, let me just say this. Look, it's when you not think like of, New York. When you win in New York, that's what I'm nothing saying. Nothing like winning. That's, look, look at Mark Messier. Me and him talk about this all the time. Mark Messier, what is he known for? He had, he had all those championships in Edmonton, but it's that Rangers. Even go to look at LeBron James, right? LeBron James has three. He had the one Miami. It's the Cleveland one. That everyone remembers. There's, you know, there's a, something about your story. And if Aaron Rodgers comes to New York City, to the Jets, and wins a Super Bowl, the, his his legacy it, it expands like beyond anything that he could even think about. It would be the biggest story in that hit this city in years. Right next to the Statue of Liberty is the statue of Aaron Rodgers, Michael. That's what we're talking about. That would just be to even think about that is just. I mean, I remember in 98, I was at Hofstra. I was at the pep rallies. I was at, I watched you guys in the summer. So that year was a magical year. And I'm 42 now. I don't get as caught up in these things as much as I did emotionally, at least. I try not to because it just hurt my heart so many times. But I think this year could be something special. And this is awesome, Chad, man. Hopefully, maybe during the year, we can contact you and catch up with you again if you want um, to chop it up with us again. This is absolutely awesome, Mike. Is there anything, Mike, you want to... Um, any of our social medias you want to throw out there, Mike, before we get out of here? Yeah, guys, we're on, on YouTube. Please like and subscribe on Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio on Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ podcast and on Instagram at Jet.AEBG. 
You heard hey, the man on the left. Go ahead. Thanks. Hey, thanks for having me. And anytime you want me to come back on the show, just give me a heads up. I'll schedule it. I'll move my calendar around. I'll come back on. We'll shoot the breeze. You know Dexter, awesome. you know Dexter Henry from SNY? I don't know if I do or not. He's he's one of uh, my my good friends. He's actually now on on SNY. Maybe we'll schedule some time with you guys. Uh, in the that future. would be great. Yeah, would, yeah. Well, let some professionals great. talk, Mike, and we can just be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, look what we have talking way smarter than we ever would about football. <laughs> All, All right, right, awesome, man. Thanks, Chad. Thanks, guys. We'll talk right. soon. Yes, cool. sir. Thank you.